0: We are less than 18 days away from Utah's big kickoff down in Gainesville versus the Gators, but how are the Utes trying to acclimate and prepare for that brutal Florida humidity? You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to the Lockdown Utes podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen. Every single day we are available all on, on all platforms including YouTube. My name is JT wister former student intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And joining us as he do, does every week is Cole Bagley of Fan Nation All Utes. Cole, appreciate you stopping by today. And the big thing from yesterday's practice was we got to hear from the defensive, defensive side of the ball, a couple of the players, and of course Defensive coordinator Morgan Scally as well. And what's been made a lot of this week is just how the team has been trying to acclimate and prepare for the brutal heat down in Florida because it gets—I it, mean—it gets hot in Utah, right? It's ninety-nine degrees a lot of these days out here, but I mean, in Florida, you're talking—you talk about that humidity. It's constantly over a hundred. It's just really brutal, and it's a different animal when you're trying to prepare for it. And it's really tough to simulate it, even when you are practicing in an indoor facility. But it, I think it's still important. This team is taking the right steps and approaching it that way because it's going to be tough and. And even though those game energy and juices will be flowing, when that fourth quarter hits, it's more than likely Utah's going to have a couple guys cramping up just because they're not used to playing in that heat and humidity. But I do think it's smart of the coaching staff to try to simulate it by practicing in the indoor facility. And I do think it is going to help them at least a little bit when they go down to Gainesville. And it's as close as they can at least get. To prepare and for what's going to be, even though I do think it's worth mentioning, kickoff is at seven there time. So even though it's going to be hot for the first quarter, by the end of the game, I think by then it will have cooled off a decent amount, and it won't be too much of an issue.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's different down there. I mean, just looking at the current weather as of right now, it's eighty nine degrees with sixty three percent humidity, and it's supposed oh. to get up to supposed to get up to ninety four with seventy five percent humidity. Um, as of right now, it feels like 99 degrees. So it feels 10 degrees hotter because of the, uh, because of that humidity. Um, yeah, it's funny, uh, you know, being up there yesterday, um, you know, they, they, after practice was done, they, they walked us over to the side of the indoor facility, which they, they closed all the doors. They've got, uh, you know, they've got the humidifiers pretty much going in there, you know, and they, they've cranked the heat up a little bit. So they're trying to simulate, you know, Florida as much as possible, because it is a different, you know, it's a different setting. It's a different place. It's going, you know, Scally talked about, you know, it's going to change, you know, what does it do to your breathing? You know, what does it do in terms of how you You know, need to make sure that you re- remain hydrated, right? You're sweating a lot more. And so you need to make sure that you're drinking more water. So they're just trying to simulate it like they do with, um, you know, crowd noise. You know, they, they if you, if you go up to a practice and you know, you're there, and they're simulating crowd noise, you're going to hear the, on the loudspeaker, you know, cheers or booze. And it's kind of funny, but, you know, it makes sense. They're trying to get these guys acclimated to what, what the setting is going to be like. And I, I'm for it, you know, um, you do as much as you can to to make sure that they're ready to go. And for a lot of these guys, it might be the first time that they ever experience humidity. Um, and it's it's definitely a different feel. And I'm sure playing football in it is a different feel. To your point, yeah, I mean, kickoff is late at night and the sun won't be a factor in it should cool off, but it'll still be, it'll still be humid. And they're still going to have to learn how to deal with that. But it was just funny. Cause like I said, they took us to the side door. It, it, it's a garage type door. So they pull it up and it's almost like all this steam comes out and then the, all these freshmen walk out and they go, Oh man, it feels so cool out here as it's literally 95 degrees outside, but I'm sure it was a lot hotter. And uh, then a couple coaches fall behind, and they're dripping in sweat head to toe, and the players come out, and you know, I shook a couple of their hands and look, look at their jerseys a little closer, and it's like, you guys are soaked in sweat. So um, kind of funny, but it makes sense. You know, you do what you can to be as prepared as possible, and it's necessary. So, um, you know, good on Utah on making sure that their boys are ready to go.
0: Yeah, it is something that seems kind of kind of strange as you talked about, just the whole thing of practicing indoor and trying to simulate it. And you've seen Florida fans even on social media being like, you can't simulate it. And it's like, well, you can't perfectly simulate it, but there's things you can do to get close enough to it and just make it a little bit more difficult. And that's the nice thing with practicing in the indoor, as you touched on, is the sun's not really gonna be out for most of the game. It'll be pretty it'll be down by the time the second half is going on for sure i'm not a florida weather expert like you cole so i don't know what time the the sun sets over there but maybe maybe even first quarter i mean
1: kick at seven i believe and you know if you're just judging it based off when the set the sun goes down here depending on how high you know the seats go up in that stadium you might not see much of it at all so sun to me the sun's not really a factor i think the first quarter you might have it you know bearing down on you a tiny bit but after that it's like it should be down behind the stadium and at that point, you're just playing under you know playing under the lights, but the humidity is there. But to to Florida to respond to kind of the, the nonsense of Florida saying you can't simulate what it's like to play against Utah's offense or defense perfectly right now either. So making a comment about the humidity, it's just stupid. They, like they're probably getting closer to, to simulating the humidity than you are simulating what it's like to defend against Cam Rising and Tavion Thomas. So just kind of a dumb comment to make.
0: 100. No, I, I 100% agree. How about garden tight ends like Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid? There's just nothing. There's not your scout guys can do as good a job as they can, but they're not going to simulate those guys perfectly. So it's going to be fun. And you mentioned with the speakers blaring as well. I think that's a big thing, too, because that is going to be a loud environment. Billy Napier's first game as as head coach of the Florida Gators. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. But another thing I thought was interesting, we heard from Coach Scalley talked about in yesterday's press conference was just talking about how the defense just needs to do a better job communicating a little bit. You know, you got a new guys in there. Devin Lloyd's gone, Tafu has gone. You got a lot of leaders along the defense who aren't there anymore. So you can tell new guys are coming in, having to step up, learning the signals and having to communicate. So it sounds like the energy is there, but they just need to do a better job communicating a little bit more. And as some of these guys, or whether it's the one of the veterans in Diabate, getting more comfortable and stepping into that role, I feel like it's not that big of a concern because we still have a few weeks to go and they can still iron this iron, the communication side of things out. But how are you feeling hearing that they still need to work on communicating better on the defensive side of the ball?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Sky said one of the first questions was, Hey, you know, how was Saturday scrimmage? And he said, you know, it was decent. You know, the energy was really good. The guys were flying around, but the communication isn't quite there. And it, it makes sense. You know, you, you named a couple of guys. Obviously, Devin Lloyd was one of the most vocal leaders that you've ever seen, um, and which is especially good because given his position, the linebackers, you know, they are, you know, they're almost the quarterbacks to the defense. I think along with the safeties, you know, those are the two most important positions to be communicating because they can pretty much see everything, right? Um, you know, and they, they can see behind that – the. the the uh, defensive line and, and into the backfield. So uh, you lose a guy like Devin Lloyd. You lose a guy like, you know, Mika Tafua had been there for a long time coming off that end. And you lose Devontae Davis in the secondary um, and a couple other upperclassmen who came in last year and made a big difference. Um, so it makes sense that the communication isn't quite where it needs to be. Uh, but Scali did clarify and say, hey, these last, these last few days have been a lot better. Um, we're seeing things, you know, we're emphasizing things, you know, we're, we're going back and telling them, Hey, you know, guys, we need to communicate a little better. And, you know, just, just consider it. There's a lot of youth still on, you know, Utah's defense. You know, you've got like, we say that Karen A. Reed is an experienced defender and and he is one of the most experienced linebackers, but he's technically, you know, just a sophomore. And, you know, he, I think he finished like, I think he finished in the top 10 in terms of tackles, but, you know, I mean. He didn't play a ton. He played behind Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell. He had a couple starts because, you know, of the situation with Nephi going down with injury there for a minute. Um, but, yeah, that's your most experienced guy is a guy that's a sophomore, um, you know, a sophomore who, you know, was formerly a walk-on and played behind two of the best linebackers Utah's had in, in recent years. And so that's your most experienced kind of guy. And personalities kind of come into factor here a little bit. You know, going back to – comments that scally has had before or or coach swan one of the two talking about the linebackers they've said that you know krenny Reed is a guy that leads more by example than with his voice and so i'm sure that there's an emphasis to to try to get krenny talking a little bit more and i've seen him do it you know you you look out there and and you watch him you know pointing and and mentioning things and lander barton said that he's been great in terms of doing that but then you have a guy like andrew mataafa who's very vocal um so it's a balance, you know, you have personalities, you have guys that aren't as outspoken as others, but then you have, you also have guys that can lead by example. So they just need to perfect that communication. There's again, like I said, there's a lot of youth on this defense. There's a lot of starters that are just sophomores, you know, guys that were freshmen last season that are now coming into their second year. And they didn't have to be as vocal last year because you had those vocal guys. Now hmm. they're trying to, you know, to transition here, guys like Cole Bishop, crane Reed, as I already mentioned some of the guys on the defensive line it's a learning process and I'm really not worried about it. You know, they'll figure it out. There's still plenty of time and it's an emphasis. So the coaches are aware of it and you know, they'll fix it.
0: For sure. And yeah, I think it's one of those things where these guys weren't leaders last year. But thankfully, they got the opportunity to see what great leaders look like. And then they can take and apply that as they get more comfortable and confident in the system. And that'll hopefully lead to a big year. And you talked about guys like Karene Reed and some of the linebackers for Utah. We're going to talk about those guys in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys, give you guys a little message from the NHTSA, drive sober or get pulled over. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But you think you're, you live nearby. You think you can make it home. You think it's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. Could even kill someone. Thanks again for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here if you guys are in the market for a second listen. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local teams, experts, and Odyssey College Football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, that's the Ultimate College Football Preview from the people on the Locked On College Network. So, Cole, we've been kind of breaking down the different positions for this Utah team. And one of the ones with the biggest questions coming into camp is the linebackers because this team's two leading tacklers from a year ago, Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, are both now respectively in the NFL. So it's kind of been that thing of who's going to be the starters in that first game versus Gainesville. And one of the guys – I want to start with the guy I personally feel the best about, and I know it's a guy that you know very well as well, is A Reed. I just think he's a guy, when you look at it, 10-game – played in 10 games a year ago, had six starts as well, 44 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, two pass breakups, and interception. He's a guy, went to high school out in Utah as well, and he's just a guy come in, surefire tackler. He's not going to make mistakes, knows how to fill, fill holes. He's physical, and I feel like you talked about as he gets more comfortable, going to become a better leader as well in communicating, and I feel like he understands how to – know what offenses are trying to do, whether that's moving over defensive linemen, trying to make sure they're in the right spots. He has really good vision as well to sniff out. if plays a run or a pass, or maybe even an RPO. And he's a guy trusting coverage as well. We talked about the interception last year. That's an area I think he's going to have an even bigger in terms of stats going up. I think he's a guy who could have two to three interceptions this year, because I do think he's stellar in coverage as well, but you know, Corrine extremely well, what do you think of him as a player and what kind of season do you think he's in for?
1: Man, I love Corrine um one of my favorite players on the team just because of you know who he is on and off the field um you know he he's just the nicest guy um you know very um he just he he's he's not one of these players that all you know you just, you have to show up to media and, you know, it's just part of your job and, and, you know, you kind of just, eh, you give okay answers. No, Craney is awesome. He remembers things and, and he asks you how you're doing and all that kind of stuff. So Craney is just a stellar guy off the field and then he's a beast on the field. You know, it's almost, it's almost a night and day difference. You're like, man, how's this guy that's, that's so nice uh, and caring and, and, you know, pays attention to these details about, you know, uh, things that you've said before Is is just nasty on the field. I mean, think that's the best way to put it I mean he to me he's just an all-around great linebacker um, and that's that's what I love so much about his his plays he, he reminds me somewhat of Devin Lloyd and the fact that he can pretty much do everything and his IQ is very very high um, you know we we had one of our contributors up uh, up there yesterday talking with him and I was able to, to listen back to the audio and you know, she asked him, you know, "What What do you feel like makes what's What's your greatest attribute as a linebacker?" And he said, "You know, just my IQ. You know, the the way that I see the, the field, my vision." And I would agree with that. You, know, you go back and you watch the way that he plays; he does see the field very well. He can almost anticipate plays before they happen. I think that's why you know that interception against Washington State really happened. And if you go back and watch that play, you know, he knew what was coming, and he put his body, he put himself in a situation to to make sure that he intercepted the football. So. Krene is is fantastic. I expect a big season out of him. I think he can be you know in the top five uh, on the roster and you know um, leading in tackles. Um, potentially, you know maybe the leading tackler from the linebacker group. Um, I think it's going to be you know come down to him and uh, Mo Diabate. Potentially, Lander Barton just depends on how many reps you know, Lander gets. Uh, but I think Krene can lead the room. Uh, I think he could be you know a leader in tackles on the team, and I think he could definitely you know uh be a leader in terms of takeaways whether that's interceptions or or fumbles this guy just makes things happen and i i think people are really going to come to know who Corne is more this year um he was kind of you know he was a walk on last year he's playing behind Devin Lloyd you know he's kind of playing in Devin's shadow i think some people you know were really impressed with him in certain situations but it's kind of easy to forget who who is playing when you know Devin Lloyd is out there so now that Devin is gone and Corinne can really step into the spotlight. I expect a really big season from him. Um, I'm I'm really really excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he is in for a monster year, and it's always great when those guys who are good guys off the field as well as great players on it are able to find that success. And you mentioned it, Correna-Reed. It's more than likely the Surefire is definitely going to be one of the starters. At least we feel pretty confident in that. And the other one is still up for grabs more, but at the moment it does seem like since he's come back from injury, Mo Diabate has started to win and take command of that other off-ball linebacker job. And Diabate is an interesting one because he's a guy who played – on ball his first two years at Florida. First year playing off ball was last year and now we'll come into this year. Doing a little bit I think he'll play on ball some. I think he'll play a little bit off ball as I think mostly he'll play off ball a little bit on ball as well. I think they'll use him as a rusher a lot like how Devin Lloyd rushed on a lot of passing downs last year. And he is just he is an athletic freak. So he is able to make those plays and easily get around offensive line, especially if the gaps between their splits or the gaps between them and pass protection are too wide. He's someone who has the athleticism to get around and shoot through those quickly before some of the big guys can even get the hands on him. And when you have an athletic chess piece like that, I just think it's going to be fun to see how Coach Scally Coach Swan use him to make plays. And I think he is fired up and ready to go about this first game in Gainesville. Because it's not like the team showed him the door, but anytime you play your former team, your former anything you want to win and show them that you're in a better place than you are now but cole what kind of expectations do you have for mo this season
1: yeah i think uh what i'm expecting in terms of starters is karen and you know mo right alongside him like you said uh i think karen is going to be that guy that that kind of remains in the trenches uh, maybe drops back a little bit into coverage on plays uh you know is tracking the football whereas i i see mo you know, coming, you know, really rushing. Those are some of the things that, that he's talked about is, is getting in on that pass rush. And just given his athletic talent, um, you know, Coach Swan described him as, as, you know, being able to run like a gazelle. He's got a lot of speed and explosiveness. So um, I think those two are going to make a great pairing. Um, I do think we'll see uh, – I think we'll see quite a bit for, from the guys behind them. But my expectation is it's those two guys and that's how they're going to play you got Mo, you know, coming in on that pass rush, really trying to get into the backfield and tacking. Whereas, you know, Karine is kind of tracking the football. He's kind of you know, laying back in the trenches and then maybe you know, potentially dropping back in into uh, that first line of coverage. So that's what I expect from those two. Mo is awesome. Great pickup. Um, it, it's funny to kind of see the banter, you know, you Florida fans, um, you know, trashing him saying that he sucks. And it's like, whoa, well, he was the second leading tackler on your team just a season ago. So, it's hard for you to say that he's, uh, that he sucks or that he's not very good. I think he's great. I think he's going to be even better. You know, I I think Utah has got a better, much better defense than Florida and they've got a much better linebacker uh, development you know, than uh, than Florida does at least at, you know, at the current moment. So I expect a good season out of him. Um, his experience is going to pay off. Um, I think communication is going to be big um, like we've talked about, but, yeah, you know, I've, I've been able to have conversations with some of the other linebackers, you know, I've had conversations with Corene and, and uh, Lander Barton, Justin Medlock asking, you know, what's it like to have, you know, have Mo in the room. And they're just like, it's been fantastic, especially the young guys. Cause he's like that, you know, Justin Medlock and Lander Barton are just saying, you know, he's teaching me so much, you know, he's, whether it's on the field or it's in the locker room, we've been, we've been talking, we've been gelling and, and he has helped me to really, you know, understand what it takes to, you know, to be successful at this level. So, you know he he's a great pickup for the U and and he and Krenn should um, should be just fantastic in those starting roles.
0: Yeah, and when you have a guy who's played big time SCC ball like that, I mean he's played every year since his freshman season. He, so he does have that experience against some of the best teams in the country. That is going to be helpful and useful for the Utes this season. As by the end of the year, they hope to be going against the best teams in the country in the college football playoff and. Uh, one of the things that's interesting you talked about with him is we had Brandon Olson of Lockdown on Gators on a few weeks back and he talked about, it. I think one of the reasons a lot of Florida fans weren't too kind for him is it was his, like I mentioned, his first year, honestly, ever, playing off ball linebacker and that is a huge adjustment and I feel like he'll be even better going into his second year and I'll throw this as well it's better coaching I really think coach Swan's been able to work with him he's one of the best linebacker coaches in the country and I think because of that we're going to see a big year so it's going to be fun to see Mo Diabate and make all those Gator fans eat their words down in the swamp in the next couple weeks so those are the two guys and I agree I do think it will be the two veterans early on I thought you know just all the momentum Lander had going I really did think he was going to start but as Mo Diabate's comeback gotten healthy. It seems like he's reminded everyone, like, hey, I was a starter in the SEC, guys. I, I know how to play football, too. So <laughs> kind of re-edited himself in this conversation. But there are two really intriguing young guys who are going to play a role this year that I want to talk about. But first, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league including Major League Baseball, NFL right around the corner. You guys know golf, always fun to bet on as well. And, of course, college football, getting back in the swing of things. If you love the Utes to win the Pac-12, as you more than likely do since you're listening to this show, make sure you guys cash in on that. Look at the other odds and lines from some of their big games this season and see how the Utes are going to do in against teams like Florida, even some of the other games down the road, there's gonna be lots of opportunities to cash in on what should be a huge season for the youths. Betonline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts that you have they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Betonline where the game starts. So jumping back in here, we talked about the the veterans. As you mentioned, Karen Reed, not really a veteran, but because of how young this group is, the fact that he has playing experience at the college level makes him a veteran the one guy that you fans are really excited about. And I just think long-term it makes, we're going to look back on the transition from Devin Lloyd to Lander Barton as one of the best we've ever seen in Utah history from going from one great player to the next. But that's a lot when you're a true freshman trying to play, especially when your first game is down in the swamp. But Lander's a guy his family, of course, has the lineage. His sister, Danny, just got done playing volleyball at the U. We know his brothers were really good on the football team as well. One of them's currently on the Raiders. So this is a guy who comes in with the NFL tutelage, the great athletic bloodlines as well. And he's just a great linebacker. He has phenomenal instincts. He's physical. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do this season, even more so long-term. But what do you think his role will look like in 2022, Cole? Uh, from
1: what I'm hearing, you know, he's probably going to be that um... – that third guy. Um, And, you know, I I think that, I think Utah kind of has the policy that, you know, the the starting positions in in most areas are going to be up for grabs each and every week. You know, you got to maintain those, you know, it's not political here. You know, they are going to choose the best guys every week. And so, you know, I I do think that, you know, Krenny and Mo will will, you know secure those starting positions through, you know, through the majority of the season. Um, But we'll see, Um, you know, Lander, Hearing good things about Lander, and I, I know Lander, um, you know fairly well. He actually went to to my you know high school, Brighton High School here in in uh, you know Conwood Heights, and um, he he's a special player. I've, I've I've seen him play quite a bit. Um, I watched him quite a few times last season, and uh, you know he's he's got really good size, and he's got really a really long uh, reach. You know, he, he's got these long arms, and he's able to really uh, wrap up well. You know, it's not often that you know, he's missing a tackle or, you know, guys are breaking free from him. He wraps up really well. He also, similar to kind of what we talked about with Greene, he's got that high IQ. He's normally around the play. You know, he's not getting lost um, out there on the defense. You know, whether he's making a tackle or he's, you know, nearby, you know, ready to back guys up in case they can't, you know, bring down ball carriers. Um, he just has that, you know, really good nose for the football. So, Landers great um, in terms of really – Where he's at, um, I think the only thing that he's lacking right now is just college experience. Um, We talked about it a little bit before, you know, to go from, you know, a couple hundred fans, you know, to thousands of fans, especially thousands of booing fans that are going to be, you know, uh, going against Utah here in a few weeks in Gainesville. That's different, you know, playing under the lights, you know, you have – so many people that are just, you know, going against you and, and, and there's momentum and things like that. It's different. Um, and the noise too, you know, at times, you know, you, you kind of have to adjust to, you know, making sure you hear what the play call is or, you know, hearing what the scheme is and those kinds of things. So all I'm hearing really is that the experience isn't there, but that's going to come really fast. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a good amount of reps for Lander, um, this season, even though, you know, to my, you know, my, I'm anticipating Corrine and most starting, I think Lander's going to see a good amount, um, every single game. And he's going to learn very, very quickly, uh, which will be very advantageous for him, especially, you know, Mo's a senior. And so, you know, next, if, if Lander doesn't get a starting spot this year, one is going to open next season and I'm putting my money down that it's going to be Lander Barton as a starter, as a sophomore as well. So a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of things to be excited about. And, It starts now. It starts in a couple weeks. Lander is going to show what he can do, and I have uh, really high expectations for him.
0: Yeah, I think as all Utah fans do, and when you have a player who is highly is that highly rated, you expect him to come in year one and contribute, and that's exactly what he's gonna do. And you there is no experience like in game experience because the time you make a mistake on something in game, whether it's you bite too hard on a on a run fake and then you get beat over the top and you were supposed to be the one in coverage in that spot making that play, you're not gonna make that mistake again because you, you don't remember you don't forget that feeling of letting your teammates down or knowing like dang, I made a mistake there. So one hundred percent agree with you too that he's just gonna get better as season goes on and he gets that experience as well and another guy we've we expect to get in some action in a little bit is justin medlock as well cole i know you know justin extremely well too and he's just a guy this coaching staff i know is really fired about fired up about just to get because you could tell he just loves to hit people and when you're a linebacker you're getting physical every single play basically in a car crash every time so I think what Justin Medlock is going to bring to this group is going to be fun and you talked about Lander having a little bit of a role but it sounds like you think Justin's going to have one as well this season
1: yeah I think he's going to be that fourth guy so I think you know your second strings are Lander and Justin um, I don't know that Justin's going to get as many reps as Lander we'll see but I'm hearing great things about Justin Medlock too I mean the linebacker the future of the linebackers is in really good hands. You have two freshmen here that really, when it comes down to it, their biggest weaknesses are they don't have that college experience. They're coming out of high school, but they're going to get it this season. You know, he, he and Lander are going to have opportunities. They're going to have reps. They're going to see what it's really like. And I expect them to take, you know, take the the college setting by storm and to, to very quickly um, show that they are college ready. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, coming into this season, you know, coming into spring is that people were saying, you know, Hey, Justin Medlock is, is very, is is very well prepared to come in to the college level. Um, that was kind of the, the talk around him. And from what I know, he's living up to those expectations. You know, he's flying around, he's making plays, you know, he's, he as well has a high IQ and he is brutal. You know, this is a guy that finishes tackles really, really hard and wraps up well. So it's exciting. You know, you've got your more veteran experienced guys in those starting roles. And then you've got these young freshmen. It sounds like they're ready to go and they're ready to fulfill that second string. So I expect a good amount of reps for both both these kids. And I think, you know, Utah fans are going to come to love them very quickly. And which which bodes well, because they've got they've got plenty of time left uh, in their careers here at the University of Utah.
0: For sure, and that's we didn't even mention guys like Andrew Mataafa, Hayden Fury, as well. These are other guys who play could factor in this year, whether that is just on a limited basis or injuries occur, and. They end up having a good – they end up coming in and making plays, kind of like a guy like Karene Reed stepped up, as you mentioned, when Nephi dealt with some injuries as well. So going to be interesting to see what this linebacker corps can do. But led by Coach Swan, we know they're in good hands. And I agree with you, Cole. I expect this group to have a good year. I think it's the biggest thing when people look at – look, Utah lost their best player from last season. Devin Lloyd is gone. And I don't think the best player on this team is going to be a linebacker again. But I think the Utes are still going to get very good linebacker play, as good as pretty much anyone outside of Oregon also say in the pac 12 just because you have two guys when you have know, a guy like nephi and justin Flo, are excuse me the other school down over at oregon um that's just hard to beat there but i feel like guys like lander barton and medlock when you look at project them out they have a the potential to do something special for how long they're going to be with the program but cole you keep kind of churning out fall comp, fall camp coverage and it's winding down a little bit so what are some of the things you have coming up here soon shortly yeah, I mean, we're
1: uh, just kind of continuing to cover fall camp, obviously coming to an end. Um, I don't think there's media availability next week, which is um, both sad and tough. Um, you know, you love being up there, and it's been great to be back up there. And now we'll kind of have a, a little bit of a um, of a break. Um, but we got plenty of interviews that will will carry us over. We'll still have information pumping out. We, we had a lot of great – a lot of good conversations this last week that we'll carry over into next week. Um, and then – I'm headed out to Gainesville. Um, I'm super excited. You know, I've 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 been uh, I lived out in the South for a while. Lived out in north in South Carolina for for a time. Um, I've been to Florida before. But I've never been to Gainesville. I've never been to an SEC football game. So, uh, just really excited to get out there to experience that. To be up in the press box and and hopefully witnessing a victory uh, by Utah. You know, I think this first week is going to be very telling to how good this team is. Um, yeah, I wrote in a piece last week. I think. You know, if Utah, if Utah wants to 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 go to the college football playoff, it's got to go through Gainesville. You know, it starts day one, and I think that's the biggest determining factor here. Um, Aside from a Pac-12 championship, is if you can start off strong. You know, if you can go into an SEC, you know, opponent's uh, home field and beat them um, on their own turf, uh, especially if you beat them by a couple possessions and you start off strong. You know, they're in the top ten and you know it's only going to go up from here so if you can and I, and I like that spot i think that you know being at seven and eight is perfect because you're in the top 10 you're getting that recognition but you're not where you want to be you know you, you're not quite in that top four so um, i'm just excited to, to to get things rolling here you know we're not too far off We're about two and a half weeks out from from uh, being in florida and i'm just i'm just going to sit back take it all in
0: and and enjoy
1: it, and then uh, you know try to provide the best coverage that I can. So
0: it's going to be fun to see this Utah team get going down there. Make sure you guys follow Cole at Bagley underscore Cole. Also check out Fan Nation All Utes where they got some sweet apparel, some of the favorite Utes, some of your guys' favorite Utes. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, also want to recommend you check out Locked On Pack 12 where. Local experts, including led by host Spencer McLaughlin, will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes, looking at a lot of season previews right now, talking about some of the biggest storylines of fall camp around the conference. Make sure you guys check out Locked on Pack 12 Make it your second listen every day. Make sure you guys follow us at Locked on Utes on Twitter, as well as subscribe to the channel. We are so close to 300 and appreciate all of you guys who have made Locked on Utes your first listen every day over these past few weeks, and we hope you have a great rest of your day.